Welcome in. It is your Utah postgame show. Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce coming in after a heartbreak loss for the University of Utah to Washington, 24-21. to The Huskies pulling it off at the very end of this game, 35 seconds left, finding their big tight end in the end zone, getting the win, 24-21. to And, Frank, I'm just going to hand this mic over to you and I'm just going to let you go here because I can tell that you're loaded with all kinds of thoughts. Is it, is it open mic night? It is open mic night. At the night. studio? By the way, the great well, Frank Dolce in studio, obviously Utah pre and post game show. Nobody does it better. So, Frank, help me here understand. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you, uh, I just don't know how you give up a 21-point lead. I mean, even if you give 24 points to Washington like you did in the second half, you have to be able to score once, don't you? I mean, it was a – I wouldn't say it was a miraculous start by Utah, but but Utah seemed to be clicking. Washington maybe not ready to play quite or, or a little slow off the start there. Utah right on top of their game, everything looking like it was going well. One of the big things, again, for Utah in this one, turnovers. Uh, they lose, they, they end up a minus one on the turnover battles. It was three to three until that very last interception. So they end up a minus one. The turnovers are killing Utah. Two costly turnovers in the second half. Uh, and then the, the lack of offensive productivity in the second half. I mean, they go, they get shut out the last two quarters of the game. They score seven in the first, go 14 in the second. They get shut out the last two quarters of the game. Jimmy Lake's a defensive guy. I mean, there's no question. There's talent on that side of the ball. Uh, And 58 was destructive. But that, I mean, I I feel like that's, uh, and and, and this is a young defense. I get it. This is a young defense. But, man, that's really disappointing to watch that unfold. I don't know how many times Cade Otten is going to be open to catch a pass. How many times does that happen? What, what, where does that responsibility fall? Is that, is that going to be multiple guys? Yeah, is that... it depends. Like Sewell will be locked up on him several times uh, in that football game. Uh, but but Nate Ritchie will also have responsibility for the tight end at times. Uh, probably, and maybe, a, and, you know, another linebacker. Probably those two guys, though. You know, Sewell and Ritchie are, are going to be around him most often. And at, and at times, if they're running that skinny post or that deep seam, sometimes it goes to Vontae Davis or a, a safety right. that's over yeah. the top in the scene. Yeah. We saw Sewell. I, I still am very high on Sewell. We saw him get beat, beaten once uh, for a touchdown by Otten. We saw Richie get beaten the last touchdown, mm-hmm. trailing him, going in. That's you know that's a tough cover for for freshman against a very experienced, a very good, very good tight end. So and and I I thought that on the offense, like I'm going to put this. I I I kind of am putting this one on the offense, like. You need one more score. That's all you need. 
you need one more score. And in the, in the second half, whatever Utah was doing on the up front in the first half, either, either Washington played significantly better in the second half or Utah up front uh, took a step backwards. Which, which I can tell you they did. Okay. So you tell me this, did, did Jake Bentley take a step backwards or, or did that have more to do with the pressure that was created? There's no question that the, the offensive front was at Teletu halves. It really was. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you talked about Tupolo Fetui, uh, number 58, ended up with six tackles. He had three sacks, three TFLs, a forced fumble, two other quarterback pressures. So... Number 58 did what we talked about. Now, now, Frank, the frustrating thing we talked about, how Utah has game plan for number 58. And we saw on video that you, I'm sure, will break down at some point. Uh, I mean, it looked like Utah had a perfect double team set up. Mm-hmm. Here comes 58 off the edge. Perfect double team by Utah set up. I think it was garden tackle, right? Correct. And... Bills and Moala. And I'm watching a replay right here. Here he goes, causing the first forced fumble. He, 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 split, he split the double team. It was, it, was not, it was like he, didn't, he wasn't even slowed down. Little tiny. So that may be the, well, I want to say it's youth and inexperience of this football team, but that's the offensive line that's supposed to be you know the 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 foundation of the of the offense that got got beaten right there, and so I think that the the uh, pressure in the second half certainly did affect Bentley. But your stars have to make plays. Bentley has to be a star, which he did in the first half. He, he made he, he was extended in the first drives half. and. It was scrambling at the right times. Right. It was throwing. Was hitting timing routes. Was hitting dumps and drop offs and yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so, you know, just kind of a breakdown in, in several different, several different areas. Breakdown on the, you know, breakdown on the defensive side. You give up twenty four points in the second half. Breakdown Frank, on the offensive side. You can't score a point in the second half. Frank, in your experience at, and in, in your game experience and being around teams as much as you have, tell me, talk to me a little bit about the unpredictability of of a freshman player because there were multiple tonight multiple and at times looked great and at times looked vulnerable but just take me into like your experience that working with freshmen either on the call as an analyst or in a locker room <laughs> well uh the the you know the issue with a freshman is not necessarily athleticism because I think we see a lot of athleticism uh, with these guys. There's, there's two things that I think affect freshmen in a game like this. Uh, the, so certainly the lack of experience and understanding keys in the game and, and putting your eyes in the right place in, in, in these particular situations. So experience is enormous and you just, you know, you can't really coach that. You can prepare guys as much as you try to, to get people prepared. And, and, and then you have to rely on the instinct of the player out on the field. And, and that just comes with 
that just comes with experience. But the other thing that changes is uh, a full four quarters of collegiate football is a grind. It's a physical grind and it's a mental grind. And that's where you see teams kind of start to separate themselves. The guys that understand the grind, your upperclassmen who have all of that experience and, and maybe your, your freshmen who, who maybe start to struggle a little bit at that point and things start to get fuzzy and you panic or you're anxious or you're not playing relaxed or whatever it is. But I think those are two big issues with young players. So, Frank, I want to ask you about the play calling. Andy Ludwig, he's getting quite a few negative comments in regards to, you know, who he's drawing up for targets. You didn't, you didn't <laughs> yeah. see. Now, like, right out of the gates you saw the targets, but then in yeah. the second half you didn't. So help me understand the play calling here. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, a fan of, I'm a fan of Andy Ludwig. And, in, and it's really, uh, it, it's really easy to to sit on the sidelines and say you should have done this, you should have done that. I'll tell you what they they rush the ball for 215 yards. When Utah rushes the ball for over 200 yards, they usually win that game. That's just how it's been. That's just the history of Utah football with Coach Whittingham. So, and they're they're rushing for 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, so I I you know I can't fault him for what he's doing there. I like. I think Utah's just better when they run the ball more effectively. But I just let's just take a look at two players. Two players, okay? Brant Keithy and Cade Otten. Okay. I think those are two almost identical type of players in terms of the way they can affect a game. Cade Otten, eight receptions. Good number. 108 yards. Oh, good number. 13.5 yards per catch and two touchdowns. Wow, fantastic. Great usage. Every time the announcer on, eight was it ABC? Yeah. Said, Morris... Back to pass. Oh, he finds. It seems like it ha- happened constantly. He finds Otten. He's looking for Otten. Okay. Brant Keithy, four catches, 23 yards, 5.8 yards per catch, and no touchdowns. Cade Otten is a matchup nightmare. You could see it. I love Nephi Sewell, but he, he had a hard time with Otten. And we like Richie, and he had a hard time with Otten. Otten was very productive. Uh, who on who 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 could match up when when Keithy got the ball? There's who can match up with him? Nobody. So, look, I'm not I'm not necessarily knocking the play calling. I'm just saying that you, I think that Brant Keithy is your maybe your most productive potentially your most productive guy on the offensive side. So, you know, you figure out a way, maybe you figure out a way to get him the ball more often. I know that's not necessarily how Utah's offense runs. I mean, it's kind of read through your progressions, find the guy that's open and, and get him the ball. But I, you know, I just think that 
Keithy's such a talent that he's one that you kind of identify as let's get him the ball. So Brian Thompson was the leading receiver, three catches for 65 yards. So, you know, tonight you combine your two top receiving talent for seven catches. And to me, you know, we, we talked about this last week. It was, it was an issue last week. It was seven last week, I think, wasn't it? Was it a combined seven or a yeah. combined six last week? Yeah, I can't remember. Between those two. And remember, we, we said the combined needs to be somewhere around 18. Yes. We're talking about Brian Thompson and Brent Keithy. And Brian Thompson had a, a strange moment. I think it was a stinger. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because he seems like he brushed it off and came back in. Yeah, he, finally, he landed right on top of his helmet. And it was such a weird issue, but but de- But definitely needed to see those two be targeted more. Ty Jordan was a fantastic bright spot through the majority of the game, but mm-hmm. even Ty Jordan made a terrible true freshman mistake. Yeah, yeah he just got – it's like he got uh, not confused. He, he, he hesitated. He, he seems like such an instinctual runner. He hesitated. Yeah. Am I going to go outside? Am I going to go inside? And then helmet on the football. So critique his hold. Was his hold off? It, was it was that a possession issue? I I don't think that it was. I mean, I he came around. He had he had possession of the football. It looked like he had it kind of high and tight, but the helmet went. The helmet hit directly on the football. I mean, and then it was a it was a, an unfortunate bounce. That ball maybe that ball should have you know could have bounced the other way, and Utah recovers. It just took a. It was one of those weird funny bounces. So. I can hardly I can hardly put any blame on Ty Jordan the way he played and the way he performed tonight. He he made some runs. He broke some tackles. He's just a freshman. I mean that that's a kid who beautiful athlete. Yes, very. But the the you know, speaking of that the the Utah's passing the the 144 yards I think is the is the thing that you'll look back on and say look, 215 yards on the ground? Yes. But you have to be 200, 250 yards through the air to, to match that. Frank, I want to throw out to uh, Utah quarterback Jake Bentley at the podium. Jake, I mean, it, now, now that you're the uh, starting quarterback, you, you, guys, you guys were really, you know, really uh, productive on offense in that first half. But what, what happened in that second half where you guys weren't able to really get any points up on the board? not executing the way we the way we can um i don't think anyone had a change of mindset or, or anything like that it's just just uh lack of execution uh, something we just gotta go back to practice and, and get it right next we'll go to josh furlong Jake, you've obviously played football in two different conferences and, and you've probably been a part of games where there's multiple turnovers, but now you've had, you know, two games where there's been a lot of turnovers on the offensive side of the ball and, and even on the defensive side with, with uh, Washington. But what, what kind of goes into that? What, what happens where it kind of just it builds on each other? Is there anything you guys can gain from that or what, what can you do to kind of help stop turning over the ball? Um, I, I know. I emphasizing more practice than we do. And I think just we got to continue to learn from the mistakes. I and mean, the defense is doing a great job of, of, of getting the ball back for us and getting off the field. And, you know, 
we got to stop giving it back. And that starts with me. Um, it's frustrating um, for sure because you just you know, feel like you let the team down. Um, but, that, you know, back at it Monday to, to get it fixed and uh, keep, keep working. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, followed by Ryan Costeca of SI.com. Jake, how important is it moving forward that you guys try to get uh, uh, Britton Covey a little more involved here? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's extremely important. I mean, uh, Brick is a dynamic playmaker um, and a guy that can really, you know, you know, change a game with with one play. And, um, you know, it's going to be very important to have him rolling and, and ready to go. Next, we'll go to Ryan Costeca. Jake, uh, first two games of the year, obviously uh, shut out in both times in the second half. What has to change for you guys, maybe in practice or in the game, to make sure that doesn't keep happening? Like, like I said earlier, we just got to come out and execute and uh, just continue to, to be um, at our best for 60 minutes and not 30 and uh, the full 60. And, uh, you know, just I think that's what at the end of the day it boils down to, is having a 60-minute mindset to, to execute the whole game. Our final question for Jake will come from Josh Furlong. Jake, you guys uh, – or Kyle last week said that, the, you know, the O-line wasn't getting a lot of push. Um, today in that first half, it seems like that offensive line settled in really well. You guys were running, uh, throwing well. Everything was seeming to jive. What, what happened in that second half? Or was it the O-line? Was it something else? What was, what was going on there? Well, I mean, I think it starts with me. I mean, the decision that I made to, to try to get it to Britt um, wasn't very smart. Uh, and then it just kind of had a snowball effect on us. And uh, just, you know, I got to play better. We have to play better as a team. And, uh, and, and we will. We will we'll get it fixed and uh, continue to build on the good things of this game because there's a lot of good things that happen. And uh, just continue to build on those and be ready to go next week. All right. Thank you, Jake. We appreciate it. There you go. Starting quarterback of the University of Utah, Jake Bentley, talking about this loss, 24-21, to 21, to the Washington Huskies. Frank, man, I want you to help the listeners understand are the things that you saw, some of the deficits of Jake Bentley, especially in the second half, are are the things that you saw? Because we talked about the protection last week, and and you asked me, are are these things fixable? And I said, yeah, they are. They're mm-hmm. fixable. You can you can fix them, and and they did. They fixed them in the first half, and then lost sight of it in the second half. I'm asking you, can you fix some of the deficits of what you saw from Jake Bentley? How much of this loss is on Jake Bentley? And can you fix what you've seen is wrong with Jake Bentley? Well, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't know that there's anything necessarily wrong with Jake Bentley. He just, you know, he is, uh, he just is who he is. And uh, I think he's a good, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has all of the physical tools. Uh, I, he makes good throws. I think he, he's athletic enough. Uh, he made some terrific plays with his feet picking up first downs, keeping drives alive. I there's there's a little bit of this hesitance in the pocket. Like he sits in the pocket 
and he's holding the ball and he's holding the ball and and protection's breaking down and and then you get yourself into trouble and you, you know you either have to you're either going to try and you know knife something in there you have to throw the ball away or it you know he gets fumbled you, you get knocked from behind you get you hit you hit a fumble so so with with Bentley uh I just think it's a matter of working with with the tools that you have with them like like I said he throws the ball well enough he's athletic enough uh I think you have to if there's something I would say you need to, to develop with him it's a sense of urgency in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, get to your drop, step up, make your decision, let's go. And go. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's go. That'll help the O-line, it'll help the receivers on their, on their cuts. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just like when, when uh, a defensive, a defensive uh, football team rushes three people after the quarterback and they drop eight into coverage and everyone's like, well, they're, you're taking away all the passing lanes. And then the guy completes a 25 yard pass. It's just, there's no pressure on the quarterback. He can stand back here all day long and you just can't hold on to a receiver that long. It's the same on the offensive. It's the same with the offensive line. The longer the quarterback stands in the pocket, you just can't block somebody for five, six counts. You have to be able to, you know, Make your set, block, 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 balls away. And it feels like the timing may just not quite be there yet. I want to hear from uh, Utah wide receiver Brian Thompson here. He Obviously, Brian Thompson was the leader in the receiving three catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. He was the leader out on the field and receiving the night. But I'm, I'm sure that there was a lot of disappointment Three, three catches, um, not enough targets. So here's Brian Thompson at the podium. Start first with Trevor Allen from kslsports.com. Go ahead, Trevor. Brian, you know, in, in that first quarter, you had that really nice uh, grab with, with one hand. Can you walk us through that? Uh, really, um, I saw that it was one high, and, you know, I, I feel like I can win that matchup, and, you know, that one look at Jake, I mean, he, he felt it too. So, you know, we just went at it. Next question from Josh Furlong. Ryan, you guys obviously did really well that first half and then kind of stalled the second. You know, what What was Coach Whittingham's message? Um, we're going to cut out of that one. We're going to go live to Coach Whittingham. He's at the podium right now talking about this loss to Washington. Okay, tough loss, obviously. Um a lot of positive things in that game. Uh, the way we played in the first half was was uh, indicative who we of who we can be, but we didn't finish. There's uh, there's 60 minutes of football. We played 30 of them, and uh, came out in the second half and didn't get much done. That was the entire talk at halftime was was finishing the game and and uh, taking a zero zero mentality into that second half. Just weren't able to do it and uh, weren't able to make any plays in the second half like we were making in the first half. The encouraging thing is. Is that's who we can be in, in the first half. I mean, that's that's the football team that we're capable of being. Um, but like I said, you got to put uh, two halves together to, to finish the deal. Um, a lot of a lot of positives. Like I said, got three takeaways on defense. Um, but uh, you know, the same problem we had last week uh, offensively, turning the ball over. We had four more turnovers today and this afternoon, and. and uh, 
when you play good teams like uh, USC and Washington are, you're not going to win turning the ball. Over. That was the biggest difference in the game is, is four turnovers, just like last week. Uh, same thing with five turnovers. So uh, we're still a work in progress. Uh, proud of a lot of the guys that uh, had their first chance tonight at extensive play. Uh, and uh, we've got some good, good players in the program. We just got to put it all together. We got to come back to work on Monday and be ready to uh, show resolve and uh, be able to bounce back, not feel sorry for ourselves, not hang our heads, but uh, just uh, continue to move forward. I really believe this can be a good football team at some point, and uh, we just got to keep coaching them as best we can. We got to coach better, obviously. And there's no, it was a team loss. There's no uh, one position unit or one player or anything like that that, that was uh, that was the uh, reason for the loss. It starts with the coaching staff and goes down from there and, and uh, we got to coach them better and, and be uh, have a better approach <laughs> to, to that second half than we had tonight. We had to have a better answer and a better, a better uh, way to uh, motivate our guys and, and get them uh, the mindset that you have to finish the game. So, questions? First, we'll go to Trevor Allen of KSLSports.com, followed by Josh Newman, Salt Lake Chronicle, Cole Bagley, Daily Utah Chronicle. Go ahead, Trevor. Kyle, I, I know you want to check out the film first, but just having watched that that, that game, uh, you were really critical about the O-line last week. How did they do this week? Well, certainly in the first half, we did better. Um, not as good in the second half as the first half, but I think you could probably say that about everyone in the program, coaches included. Uh, but in that first half, we uh, – did some pretty good things, scored 21 points, and things were uh, pretty clean. Second half, not so much. You know, and again, we had just like you said, we got to look at the tape and figure out why. But, but a uh, uh, really good half of football, and like I said, the whole team really good half first, really good first half, and then and then uh, very few good things in the second half. And and uh, I think we can say that about every every facet, every phase. Josh Newman, followed by Cole Bagley. Kyle, how frustrating were the turnovers tonight, specifically um, uh, the Ty Jordan fumble and the Bentley pick where he was looking for Covey? Yeah, those were uh, backbreakers. Those two certainly didn't help our cause, and and uh, I firmly believe that we would have probably gone and scored on the you know when fumbled uh, when Ty fumbled there uh, in the red zone. But uh, he did some really good things for us tonight. He's an electrifying player. He's uh, he's got. Uh, a lot of skill, and he's going to do a lot of good things for this program while he's here. Uh, and Jake, I'm sure he wishes he had that, that throwback that he uh, was trying to hit Covey on. And, uh, you know, and then our, our defense, you know, allowing the Huskies to go right down the field on the first drive in the second half. That's always critical in the, uh, you know, in the first drive of the second half for they're on O or on D to, to have, you know, play, play good football. We didn't play good football at all on that first drive. They went right through us and, and uh, got that first touchdown. In fact, with the whole third quarter, we didn't play very well on defense. And we gave up 17 points in the third quarter. And then, of course, the, the final touchdown at the end. Cole Bagley, followed by Steve Bartle. Uh, defensively, it seemed like you were giving up the slot quite a bit, especially to their tight end, Cade Oten. Is there any particular reason you think that kept happening? Well, we just kept not matching up properly. We played primarily zone again tonight. They, uh, and that tight end's a good player. He's a really good player. He's a leading receiver coming into the game. We knew that, and he was their favorite target. And uh, they uh, got him loose. I don't know how many 
catches had on these stats. Again, fun to me. It's hard to get stats this year, I guess. But uh, he must have had, what, seven? Do you have stats? Do you have seven or eight catches? I don't know. But he timely catches and things, uh, catches that move the chains in uh, critical situations, and we just got to do a better job of, of uh, we needed to do a better job of defending him. Steve Bartle, followed by Ryan Kostecker. Go ahead, Steve. Let's go to Ryan Kostecka. Hey, Coach. It seemed early on you really tried to get, you know, Keithy and Thompson involved. What changed in the second half because they weren't nearly as involved in that kind of a game plan? Yeah, we got to take a look at uh, what we did uh, from a, you know, offensive standpoint and, and uh, figure out uh, why, why we stopped getting the uh, ball to the, to the playmakers. Uh, and that's – you know, that's always job one on offense. It's not about the plays. The plays are almost irrelevant. It's about getting the ball in the hands of your weapons. And that's something that we got to make. A, we were better this week than last week, but still not good enough, particularly in the second half. And uh, you got to know who your playmakers are and, and uh, do what you need to do to get the ball in their hands. Didn't do a good enough job of that in the second half. Go to Patrick Kinahan to be followed by Josh Furlong. Go ahead, PK. Looked like for the second game in a row, you held the opposing team very well on the rushing. But in this particular game, it seemed like they burned you a lot on third down and eight, that type of situation. What do you need to do to clean that up? Well, the main culprit, just to, you know, watching the game that's was unfolding is our zone drops weren't matching up. And then, you know, zone coverage is, is kind of a misnomer. You get zone coverage, but you match up man-to-man -man with the guy in your zone. And we didn't do a good enough job of defending guys within our zone, and that's why they our third down production was, again, I don't have statistics, but we're going to guess that we weren't very good on third down defensively. They they uh, seemed to move the chains on third down time after time. And uh, really the problem was zone coverage uh, not matched up. And also our pass rush wasn't as big as it was last week. Uh, pass rush was, was uh, not as uh, impactful as it was last week. I don't even know if we had a sack but uh, that was another problem is, is they did a good job in the pass pro and we didn't do a good job of getting to the quarterback. Probably could have dialed up a little more pressure on defense and try to speed things up for the quarterback, but that's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, in hindsight, that's probably what uh, we should have done. Our final two questions will come from Josh Furlong and Josh Newman. Now, last week you talked about feeding uh, Ty Jordan the ball a little bit more. This week he obviously got the ball more and had to a couple of uh, deep runs. What is he starting to separate himself as maybe the lead back, and, and what makes him so effective as as that guy as a freshman? Yeah, it sure looks like he's starting to separate himself. Now the other backs do bring things to the table, uh, pass protection wise, receiving wise. Ty's an outstanding receiver as well, and you did see us get him the ball a lot more often tonight than, uh, than we did last week. What makes him so effective? First of all, he's got great speed. He's a ten five hundred meter guy in the high school on his track team. He's got great balance. He's tough. He's built really well for running back. He's not the tallest kid, you know, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but he's close to 200 pounds and and uh, he's really a, a, just a tough guy to tackle. He's got that low center of gravity. He's got good vision. And so he's uh, he's going to do a lot of good things for us during his career. I'm telling you, he's uh, just getting started. And uh, we did see a lot more production out of him tonight than as opposed to last week. 
And that's because we, we got him the ball more. Did we get him in the ball enough? The ball enough? I don't know. I have to look at the film and, and the statistics and see uh, see what he ended up with. But I know he's one of our playmakers. We talked about, you know, when we talked earlier about getting the ball in the playmaker's hands, he's certainly one of them. Final question will come from Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, this has been a weird week. You guys were supposed to play Arizona State. The opponent gets changed. Uh, the game time tonight gets changed. Can you kind of reflect on, on what this week was and just kind of how weird this short season has been so far? It's been a weird year, that's for sure. And it, and it really, uh, it's a mental challenge, especially for coaches when you're, you're so regimented and you have things, uh, your routine and your process and your and the way you, your schedules and, and to be uh, in flux almost all the time. That's, it's challenging, but, but the whole country's going through it, so it's not unique to us, obviously. But it was, uh, it was a, a fairly turbulent week when we found out Tuesday night that uh, we had changed opponents. And then uh, we had, uh, fortunately, Wednesday and Thursday to, to practice for the, for the new opponent, just like they had for us in you know, equal footing. And, but, but as coaches, coaches have built a certain way and uh, that way is not to just continually change, you know, day to day or even hour to hour. But but you have to. You have no choice because it's a situation we're in, and so you got to uh, figure it out and figure out the best way to to uh, make the best of a bad situation. Thanks, Kyle. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. There you go, Kyle Whittingham. Uh, you you heard some of the comments there, Frank. What jumped out to you? Well, I think the the, the you know, thing we were just talking about before Coach Whittingham came on was, you know, targeting your stars and getting the ball in the hands of your stars. And I, I made the point of saying, look, you know, Utah's offense kind of runs in this. You go through your progressions and you find the open guy and that's who you throw the ball to. Coach Whittingham, Coach Whittingham very plainly said, it's not about the plays. It's about getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers. I think I'm saying that almost verbatim. It's not about the plays. It's about getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers. Uh, I think that was a very pointed comment on the offensive side uh, that he made. Defensively, I didn't realize this until Coach Whittingham brought it up, but you have Dylan Morris who drops back to pass 38 times in the game. 38. They only ran the ball 26 times. 38 pass attempts. Zero sacks. One tackle for loss. Zero quarterback hurries. Statistically, that's what it shows. When you watched it, Frank, so... What did you see? Was it Washington getting the ball out quickly? Was it Washington's offensive line stalling out the Utah defensive line? What? Tell me why they were yeah. able to get out. I thought Utah did a nice job at times of bringing pressure and creating some anxiety at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then, you know, maybe forcing the play a little bit, but still not credited with one quarterback hurry in, in all of that uh, or with a sack. Uh, it felt to me like if it was a Utah four-man rush, there was that it, Utah was being managed at the line of scrimmage in the second half, especially. It felt it felt like there wasn't quite 
enough juice on the defensive front in the second half. Um, and so the, the, that, that combination, when you have a guy drop back 38 times, you want him to feel like at the end of that game, like he's kind of been through the gauntlet, you know, like tore up. Yeah. He gets hit every play. He's maybe. Which is typical when you're playing a Utah D line. He's got scabby elbows. You know, he's got, he's got a little blood on his uniform. He uh, looks looking like Jake Bentley. He looks disheveled. He he looks a lot like Jake Bentley looked. Yeah. At the end of the game, and and Jake Bentley only dropped back to throw twenty three times. How many? Well, I know one guy had three sacks by himself, number fifty eight. But how many do you have? How many times so, he was sacked? Uh, three sacks for Washington, all by Fetui. Okay. Yeah, three sacks. Uh, but they don't have a quarterback hurry listed either. So I think that stat may be a little off there because I'm pretty sure that Bentley was hurried on a few occasions in, in that game. So, but, but th- those two things to me are, are very telling about, about this team. I said before the game, if Utah holds Washington to 100 yards, I think Utah's going to win that game on the ground. And they did. It was like 94 yards rushing. And I said, you're just going to you're, you're gonna have to make the quarterback beat you. And that's what, that's what he did. And he beat Utah because he wasn't under duress. It didn't feel like he was under duress. He wasn't beat up. His uniform came out clean. Mm-hmm. So, so that comment and the comment that is... It's not about the plays. It's about getting the ball into your playmaker's hands. Those two, I think, are very important comments that Coach Winningham made. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Frank and I have done about 35 minutes straight, 38 minutes straight. So we're going to take a quick break, grab a quick drink. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this Utah loss to Washington in the final seconds of this game. Pretty hard to believe, but... Washington was able to hit a pass late, about 30 seconds left on the clock, and uh, get it in the end zone. Utah, on their possession, threw an interception on that uh, final possession, threw an interception, and Washington able to come out of this one with a win. We'll break it down a little bit further for you. That's all coming up next on your Utah postgame show, starring, featuring, and all about Frank Dolce. Welcome back, your Utah postgame show. Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce, taking you through the evening here. It's game going final. Washington getting a last-second touchdown to get the win over Utah. Utah put up 21 points in the first half against this Washington Husky team and held Washington to zero points. It was 21 to nothing in the first half of this game, you saw multiple freshmen make big plays for the University of Utah, including Ty Jordan with some big runs, including Clark Phillips with a big pass breakup mm-hmm. in the end zone, mm-hmm. including to Travis Broughton with a huge, huge pass breakup for about a 17, 20-yard gain. Like, 
it was freshman after freshman after freshman making big plays. And then it was the complete opposite in the second half. <laughs> freshman giving up big plays. Yeah. This was an extremely frustrating, extremely frustrating uh, game to watch, Frank. What happens in that? Is that a, you know, in, at halftime, you're up 21 to nothing. At halftime, do you lose focus? Are they too young to put their foot on the throat? Well, like, what is it that yeah. that that went wrong here? Yeah. I, I think that, that youth and inexperience certainly played a role in this one, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, four quarters of football being a grind and understanding what it takes to finish a game. I think you go in at halftime. First of all, you're a freshman. You're going into your second game. It's Washington. They're, they, you know, they're coming in two and zero, and you have a chance to. You played poorly last week, so you're gonna you're gonna figure it out this week. And you go in, you play really well in the first half, and at halftime, you go in and you go like. Oh, you know, you take it, you like, you take this, you have this sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit, a little bit of that focus, a a little bit of that intensity, you let it go. Yeah. Not intentionally. I I I mean, I have felt that at a halftime before. You just, you just unintentionally, you just let it go. And then in the other locker room, they're going, wait a second. Wait, do you wait? Do you know who we are? We're we're what? We're the Huskies. We're playing at home. We're two and zero. These guys couldn't do anything last week. Now we have to go out and you know make our presence felt. And it felt like it kind of turned like that. Washington comes out. What did they do? First drive of the game, boom. Go down, pick up a score. A really quick, powerful drive. Yeah. And it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't yeah. a one one off. It was a. It was a pretty nice drive that included three or four different facets offensively. And that, to be honest, that drive was like a pit in my stomach because it always, in lots of ways, it feels like that first drive of the third quarter kind of sets the tone or can set the tone for the second half of play. I think it did. I think it, I think it really played a huge role in that second half. Frank, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about and, and get your thoughts on, it, this is the second week in a row that Utah has had multiple turnovers. Oh, I, I, I don't know exactly how many they ended up with tonight. But for this week, five last week. Ooh. So there's some slight improvement. <laughs> so nine turnovers for a Kyle Whittingham team in two weeks. <laughs> Very not typical. Here, here's the, here are the things that, uh, and I and I know that Coach Whittingham doesn't pull his hair out, and he doesn't, you know, he he sleeps well every night. You know, he has all these things that he, you know, but these are the things that I think will be on his mind. Uh, lack of dominance at the offensive line in the second half. Uh, missing double teams in the on the offensive line in the in the second half. Lack of productivity at the defensive line in the second half. No sacks, no quarterback hurries. And maybe number one is lack of ball security. Now two weeks in a row, because that is one of the things that he preaches. And, he, you know, he's a statistics guy. If you look at it statistically, 
evenly matched teams. It's in the 90% plus if you lose the turnover battle, you lose the game. So two weeks in a row, that has been the case. Okay, so when we kind of walk through some of the turnovers, um, how correctable are these turnovers that we're talking about? Now we've seen Jake Bentley throw a couple picks, a few picks. We've seen some fumbles. Um, it it was a that, you know the 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 first pick, the second pick is like okay, we're trying to make a play. It's not a throwaway. I'm not going to say it's a throwaway, but it's it's kind of that. The, the the first pick is a poor decision. That's very correctable. First pick, poor decision. First fumble by Bentley. That is the, when I'm talking about having more of a sense of urgency in the pocket, I think that's where he got himself into trouble. He's, you know, he's trying to keep his poise in the pocket. He's maneuvering around boom, from behind Ball stripped, fumbled away, Washington recovers. Second fumble. I, I have a hard time with, with, with this one um, because I, I just feel like it was, it, was a, it, was, it was more of a good defensive play than it was an offensive mistake by Jordan. It looked like he had the ball. If you look at it in slow motion, maybe he didn't quite exactly have the ball secured, you know, under his armpit. But it looked like he had the pretty good ball security and defensive player just put his helmet right on the ball. It's kind of one of those that that's going, you know, that's going to happen. I don't know if you can fault Jordan for that. I don't know. But but there are there are 3 correctable turnovers in that game. Can you take me into the final, whatever, I think it was, what was that, Alex, 15, 20 seconds there when he threw the interception, Jake Bentley? Take me into the final 15, 20 seconds there. It's it's third and four, I think, third and four or third and five at the back end of this game. Third and gettable. Third and gettable. And And you're down by a field goal. You just have to get into field goal range. Yeah. So, so the thought process should be, I'm going to look. I'll, I'll take a look. Okay. And then all I need to get us is in, into a situation where we can pick up a first down. I don't care if it's on fourth down. I don't care if it's on third down. But I have to get us in a position to pick up a first down and maintain possession of the ball. So the ball should never go up into that Double coverage. The the only way the ball should be thrown downfield like that in that situation with a little time left on the clock is if defensive back falls down and your guy's running all by himself. You know, miss coverage or or your your man just beats the defensive player and and you have an open shot at him. But with time still on the clock, trying to maneuver into field goal range. Um, even if you throw the ball away and stop the clock and you have fourth down, you know, to, to try and get another shot at it. But I think that was, you know, just who knows, trying to make a play. It's really easy, like I said, for us to sit here, look at that. And, right. But, but, it but, would that's, be, but that's also why I love having you in studio, and that's why I love having you across from me because I, I don't think 
anybody can explain that moment better than you can. I mean, where you've, you've been in moments like that, you've made mistakes like that, or you've made correct decisions to avoid something like that. So, you know, that's why I, I think it's really important for you to be here and be able to give that insight to Utah fans, because it, you're right. It is. It's easy to sit here and be like, the hell, what, what are you doing, man? Like I, <laughs> As soon as it left his hand, I'm like, no, no, no. It's you, you convert and get yourself inside of 40 yards yes, for a field goal. Exactly. And, and that's. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I did have that exact situation happen with me. Utah, we're playing at Arizona State. We've played Arizona State tough. We're down 22 to 15. We have the ball. Time running low on the clock. And I did the exact same thing. I'm just, my mindset at that point was, you have to make a play. You have to make a play. You have to make a play. I drop back to pass. I'm looking downfield, under pressure, chuck it up, intercepted. I never did that again. Hmm. But it's like you have to go through that experience. It's, it's the same thing when you tell your kids, you know, hey, don't touch that. It's hot. Don't touch that. It's hot. Don't touch. Yeah. And then they touch it, and then they don't touch it again because they, the, they have the experience. So what was your thought when you released it? Was your thought, I'm going for the home run? My thought was, I'm, I'm going to be a hero. Yeah. And then it was intercepted, and then I trotted off the goat. And then you realize, all I needed, I just needed to dump it off. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I, I watch those things really closely in a game. When I watch a quarterback looking downfield and looking downfield and looking downfield, I, it always Gets it, I start to get a little anxious about it because there's got to be a relief. There's got to be someone, a dump off. There's got to be a way to get rid of the football and, and not put yourself in danger, not put your team in danger by getting yourself under too much pressure. Sometimes it's unavoidable. I mean, it's, that's the game. But lots of times it's a matter of managing the situation. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back to more Utah football coverage. This is your Utah postgame show. Utah losing to Washington in the final seconds of this game, 24-21. to Heartbreaker for the University of Utah. They had this in the bag, 21 to nothing at half, giving up 24 points in the second half of this game. Really devastating loss for Utah. We'll come back. We'll give you a couple of thoughts, and we'll put a wrap on this thing. That's all coming up next on your Utah Postgame Show. You know, Frank, I was thinking about this. There are games that conclude and I feel like you can't learn anything from it. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a, a big old cluster and ball it up and throw it in the wastebasket. This game is the opposite of that. When I think about this game, the first half as compared to the second half, the adjustments made by Washington, the missed opportunities in play calling, not getting it to your playmakers, the uh, I, I thought that the some of the game plan, some of the pocket game plan was right, but then giving up certain big moments to this defensive line, to this Washington defensive line. I feel like this is a very, very, very valuable film that and and game 
that these freshmen and this team are going to learn from. Do you feel like there's a lot of takeaway from this? Maybe our expectations. I I feel like as Utah fans, our expectations are always a little, a little aggressive. Maybe our expectations a little high on this team. I feel like I almost feel like this is <laughs> officially a rebuild year for Utah based on the first first two games. A, a loss, I, and and I understand there are circumstances around it. Lots of circumstances around it, but a loss to what I think is kind of an average USC team. But but USC had some game experience. Utah didn't. I think that showed through, you know, brightly in that game. In this game, uh, the tale of two halves and youth and inexperience in the second half, not understanding how to how to put away a game uh, and relax, maybe a, relaxing a little bit. Not understanding the grind through four quarters and and how to and how to put somebody away, and and so you know a couple games, couple couple good lessons. Utah still turning the ball over after two games, and if you look across the rest of Utah's schedule, who would have thought this? Oregon State, for heaven's sake. Oregon State, 2-2. Two and two. They just beat Oregon next week here. Typically, you'd say, well, you, you know, Utah wins that game. That, that game's a toss-up. That game's a toss-up. And then Utah finishes with Colorado. Colorado's 3-0. They just beat San Diego State. They were supposed to play USC tonight, but they played San Diego State and won. So all of a sudden... When you thought about this year prior to the first game, you know, Utah, you'd say Utah, USC, Arizona State, those are my top three. Well, now you look at the rankings and it's kind of all jumbled. Utah's right down at the bottom with Arizona and Arizona State. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm not saying that this is a, this is a year that you, that you pack up, you give up. You have to, Take everything you can from this experience. And what is Utah going to get? Five games at the most, right? Five games at the most. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I feel like it's kind of a rebuilding, or, or maybe not even a rebuilding, but a, a building year. Like this is where you put some foundation under all of this youth and inexperience and get them ready. Get them to understand what it takes to win a game going into next season. And so I think it's really important these last couple games that they figure out how to, how to win one of those games, how to win a couple of those games. If Frank, there were obviously a terrible – it was a terrible negative ending to this game. But I do think that there were some valuable things and some good things that happened in this game before we close up shop here and and uh, and send it on network, I, give me two or or three positives that you took away from tonight. Well, Ty Jordan, I think Ty Jordan's fantastic, and I, to be honest, I don't think that Brumfield and Wilmore Bernard are that far behind. But I think that Ty Jordan may have separated himself a little bit. So I think, and look at the numbers, 42 carries, 215 yards, that's 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, that's, you know, 
for a team total, that's really good. And when Utah rushes the ball for over 200 yards, they typically win that game. Uh, they, they have to back that up with, with uh, some offensive, uh, or excuse me, pass game productivity. 144 yards for the pass game, not going to be enough. They need to be, I think, around the 250 mark to go along with 200, 215 yards rushing. I, there, there's guys on the defensive side that I, who I really like, and, and I'm really high on, on a bunch of those guys. It's just, they're, they're just, they just need, it feels like they just need some time. And uh, that includes uh, Sewell, who I, I think is a, is a, you know, a budding star for Utah defensively. Uh, I think that one of those guys is uh, Richie, who who is kind of a you know could be a star for Utah defensively. Uh, I I like the talent up front. Uh, I think that the, it's there's not the same uh, Utah attitude of dominance at the defensive line of scrimmage. I'd like to see that take the next step. I think there's all the talent there. Uh, Broughton, I thought he, number four, showed up consistently during the game. Play after play after play. Very good start. Clark Phillips made at least one terrific play knocking the ball away in the in the end zone. Vaughn made a nice play. Uh, Devin Lloyd, again, the leading tackler. I think there's lots of good things that happen. A lot of good things. That's why I yeah. asked, because when I think about this game, I thought, man, there's a lot of good things. I just wanted to get kind of some of those moments from you that you saw. that It's, it's things that Utah can build on. Because there, there were things. Brian Thompson is an NFL wide receiver. I I would love to see Brian Thompson, Thompson get, you know, 10 targets a game, and I'd love to see Brant Keithy get 10 targets a game, and then I'd love to see all the other guys get a few. I mean, Britton Covey's not even been a factor. Of course, one first game back, but but yeah, there's 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 guys. There's guys on that offensive side ready to make a play. A lot of good things to come out of this game. Obviously, the negative is the finish in the final. Utah losing in the last seconds to Washington, 24-21. to Not exactly how you wanted that thing to go, and not how it was headed in the first half of this game. But as Frank mentioned, multiple things that you can take away from this game. Nick Ford at the center position. I thought that Nick Ford had a pretty nice game I, at the center spot. I did, too. I was looking, I kept watching that area of the field because I thought, man, that's, you know, moving over and now you have this extra responsibility of getting the ball to the quarterback. And I thought there were a lot of positives right up front. So with uh, Imana out, Nick Ford moved in and uh, Simi Moala, you moved Keaton Bills into the guard position. You made some offensive changes that worked really well in the first half that got exploited and figured out a little bit in the second half. But there are some very valuable things to take out of this game. I expect Utah to grow a lot from this week to the next week. Look how much they grew from USC 
to Washington. Mm-hmm. And I, it, you you will see that type of growth and, and that type of increase in production when you've got this many freshmen and this many young talent and, and also a new quarterback that's just shown up on the scene that was not taking the starting reps. So there are a lot of things to take away from this. I will go back, break down the film. We'll have a lot more for you kicking it off Monday morning at 6 o'clock with DJ and PK. Big thanks to Alex back in the booth. Big thanks to Brian Brown for getting us a couple of drinks and also being fantastic at his job. Big thanks to Frank Dolce. Frank, you truly are the best you in the stop. business. No, you you stop that I won't right now. stop. I'm just trying to keep up with you, for I, heaven's sake. I won't stop because it seriously is a pleasure to be across the, the desk from you. And uh, nobody knows this University of Utah program better than you. And it really has been a blast to do this with you. I wish we could have been talking about a win. But Utah will get themselves straightened up. And they'll get themselves back on the right path. You can see it happening and we'll see it, I'm sure, coming up next week as we get you ready for that game as well. This has been your Utah Post Game Show, live on 97.5, 12 into the zone in the Zone Sports Network.